<clears throat> well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, my guest is Michelle Roche from the Brasserie Bar and Bistro out in Township 5, Camillus, New York. Uh, well, what can I really say here in the intro? I've had uh, Michelle was a guest on the podcast um, like back in the beginning episode like legitimate episode two or three like the early episodes that we struggled to put out and that we've deleted and I don't really know where they exist now but I have always been fascinated with the operation out the brasserie and in full disclosure I actually work for the brasserie doing their social media management but I've always been fascinated with the dynamic out there because it is Michelle and Nora her mother who are you know, owner operators out there at the brasserie. And it's just, you know, I can say from having, you know, working for them that, um, you know, they're just a really impressive team who own and operate a restaurant. And I'm always excited when I get to meet new owners who are doing some different stuff and see how they get to how like they manage their business and manage their staff and, you know, what they put their priorities towards, and I've just always been impressed with how they operate. And yeah, so anyway, so I'm excited that Michelle was you know, up for coming on the podcast. I think we're going to get some people together and do another kind of like group podcast here in, in the near future. And, you know, in this episode, there's a lot of things I t- that we talked about that I had zero intention of talking about when we went into the podcast. Um, but yeah, you know, here's what I can say. Michelle brings a really different uh, perspective to operating a restaurant and owning a restaurant and just being a business owner, different perspective than I see from a lot of different people in the local restaurant community. And so uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't been to the Brasserie, make sure you get out there in Township 5 and check them out and, uh, you know, give them a follow on social, see what they're doing. I'm the one that's posting it for the time being, but anyways, check them out. (laughs) And uh, what else should I really say in this introduction? I kind of want these to be longer. I kind of, I grew up in my podcasting adolescent days of listening to podcasts, listening to Mark Maron. You know, Mark's doing like a, you know, 10, 15 minute, you know, monologue, for lack of a better term, leading into his episode. I don't know if you're listening to these. Listen, when I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and other podcasts, I usually skip through the intros and get straight to the to the interview because that's what I'm most interested in. But uh, I don't know if anybody's listening to this. Maybe nobody is listening to this. Uh, so what do I want to talk about? Well, today is, you know what I want to talk about for a moment? I'm going to talk about a different restaurant. It's December, it's Sunday, December 12th. This episode's coming out tomorrow. Uh, one of our marketing clients, Danny Steaks, opened up downtown last Wednesday for the first time. And they've just absolutely been crushing it. I mean, or, you know, something like I was one of the first customers in there on Wednesday when they opened for lunch and I had a 12 minute wait for a freshly made cheesesteak and fries and actually two of them because my buddy Joel at 317 Montgomery Street joined me. But uh, towards the end of the night, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they were running hour long wait times because they were so they had so many customers. I mean, they absolutely crushed it, you know. I don't like to bring up businesses that uh, I think suck, and Tangy Tomato Pizza is one of them. But um, 
you know, I was doing their marketing back in the very, in the right where they first opened doing their social media. And they had a really similar opening. I mean, they opened to a surge, a massive amount of customers. And, um, you know, they just took off with reviews in the Post Standard and Syracuse.com and on where Syracuse eats and on Facebook. Everybody was talking about Tangy Tomato. And for a couple weeks, they were just crushing it, slammed. Never could have imagined that they would have been so busy. And that's how Danny's Steaks feels. I mean, it's, it's almost identical, if not more so, uh, busier. It's just nuts. I mean, they're getting a lot of hate, which I'm going to get to here in a second. But they're getting a lot of love on Facebook and Instagram and the Where Syracuse Eats page. And, you know, Charlie Miller did a great write-up on them and, you know, yada, yada, yada. They're just... They're really doing a great job. So the question is, why are they doing so well? And, I mean, it is a great product. I've had it a few times, you know, from opening day to events prior. And they're doing, you know, fresh shaved ribeye. They're making their own cheese Whiz. They're using the Amoroso rolls from Philly that everybody, you know, goes on and on and on about. Um, The food is just delicious. I mean, in terms of how cheesesteaks go, you really can't beat it in the area. I mean, you definitely can't beat it in the area. Uh, So that's definitely one reason why they're busy. Um, It's cool to see something fresh and new that's not kind of a shady place come into Armory Square. So I think that's really cool. Um, I think maybe that's another reason why people are checking it out. It is a new restaurant that's joined the ranks in downtown Syracuse. Um, It's different. I mean, where else would you have gone for a Philly cheesesteak? prior to Danny's opening, you know, you would have had to have gone out to the place in Fayetteville or the one in North Syracuse, or maybe there's a restaurant that has one, but those aren't really real cheesesteaks. Um, you know, the Kyle, the guy who owns this place is, you know, from Philadelphia. So, you know, that probably helps in its authenticity and flavor and everything, but they're just absolutely slammed busy. And one of the things that has sucked about their opening is all of the shitty people that <laughs> come out of the woodwork and exist in Syracuse online. Now, uh, a lot of it could just be like the worst of the worst, right? It's like the dregs of society on social media. You know, you have these people who are just like, you know, this one dude was clamoring saying, I can't believe I drove all the way in from Utica and I had to wait for an hour for my order and we left when they told us the wait time because that's ridiculous and and what restaurant can't, you know, and... It's like, dude, I was there Friday morning, quarter to 11, 15 minutes before they even opened their doors, and they had a line of people six deep, six deep outside, and they had 15 orders, calling orders, already on the line back in the kitchen. I mean, they're just nuts. I mean, it's crazy busy. And uh, so... You know, what am I trying to say here? Well, a couple things. I'm trying to say go down and try Danny's Steaks if you haven't because it's amazing. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing I'm trying to say is there are some shitty people that exist on the Internet locally. And I'm sure that I know these are real people. It's not like it's a troll, you know. I mean, they are trolls. It's not like it's a troll farm or anything. But these are real people that just absolutely suck. And, um, uh you know, Michelle and I talk a little bit about that on in this episode about uh, social media. Listen, I own a business that exists only because of social media, and I wish social media would go away. I think it brings out the absolute worst in people, and 
there's, um, I mean, listen, I am a victim of this as well, even though it's my own choice. But I spend my average screen time on my iPhone is eight hours a day. And uh, it's addicting. And you get caught up in, you know, things like I find myself doing things and I'm like, oh, I need to post this on my Facebook or LinkedIn account. Which one's going to get me more attention? And, uh, you know, listen, I just think that and hopefully it does go away. That's my prayer. I know it's not. I know social media that the the majority of the population, the human population, wants to be more connected. And, you know, I mean, just look at the metaverse. And we, and we talk about this stuff in the podcast. But I wish social media did not exist. I wish I could take my talents and put them on, you know, even though the television is still addicting and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, put them to, like, old-school TV commercials or radio commercials or, or whatever. But social media, unfortunately, is where I make my money. It's where a lot of small businesses make their money. Most small businesses make their money. And, um, but I really, I do genuinely feel that and believe that social media is the result of a lot of emotional, mental disorders that we develop in terms of anxiety and stress and depression. And, um, just trying to like, you know, keep up with everyone else. So it's not it's no longer keeping up with the Joneses, who's your neighbor. You know, now you're trying to keep up with the Joneses times however many friends you have on Instagram or Facebook. Um, it just does so much to hurt us. It, it brings out the worst in people. Um, yeah, I really wish it didn't exist. Well, that's my thought for you for this long intro. And uh, I'm going to stop talking and I'm going to let Michelle start talking. And uh, that way you can learn more about this uh, business owner, local restaurant owner, who's trying to build a dream here in Syracuse, one restaurant at a time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Here's my conversation with Michelle. Here's my conversation with Michelle Roche from the Brasserie Bar and Bistro. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. We did a podcast years ago. Do you remember that? Um, Like, kind of. In the brasserie. Wait, okay, I was going to say, it yeah. was at the Braz, right? It was before Elijah was born. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen. I wonder what I said. It's probably fucking it stupid. I don't think it's out there anymore. Okay. I think I it it's for, like, probably yeah. for the best. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, to see how far I've come, if I have at all. Yeah. Well, you guys have been there for six years? Yeah, six and a half. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, sometimes I like look back and I was 22 when I signed the lease. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, that was the stupidest fucking thing that I ever <laughs> did. But I feel like I went in um, like very naive, or not naive, but just, I don't know, like what, I don't know what I know now, obviously, yeah. because I don't, I don't know if I would have done it, yeah. but I'm opening another place. So right. like I would have probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, almost seven years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so 
Yeah, I know obviously a little bit of like the backstory. So, mm-hmm. you know, you come, your family comes from food service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What was the golf course, Tanner Valley? Uh, no, Tuscarora. Tuscarora. Yeah. Okay. So it's like out in Marcellus area. Yeah. My mom was there for eight years. Wow. Yeah. Did your dad own it? No. No. So my dad owned the Georgia Days on Tip Hill. Yeah. Um, He owned that for 20 years. Um, And then so he did that. My mom used to work in customer service at AT AT&T when it was like downtown Okay. um, for like 15 years. And then she kind of just was like, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. Um, So then they put in for the golf course and they got it. So Mm. she ran the golf course and he ran the bar. Okay. Um, my family, we kind of like, um, I I don't know if compartmentalize is the word, but it yeah. kind of is. Like we split our duties okay. within the family. Yeah. So um, he was always O'Day's and then she did the golf course. And then when I graduated, I went to school for business. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, Township 5 was being built. Ah. And she was like, hey, because golf courses are really hard because it's seasonal. So yeah. it's like seven months of like 18 hour days mm. and then five months of nothing. Yeah. So she was like, I don't want it. She's like, she liked it, but she was like, I don't want to continue to do this forever. Yeah. Um, And so that was being built. And she was like, are you interested in putting together a business plan and thinking That's about cool. going in together? Hmm. And... I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Run my own restaurant at 22. Sure. What were you thinking that you were going to do before that? Um, well, I went to school for business, uh, business, obviously management. Um, I really thought that I was going to be like a New York business lady. Yeah. With like the pantsuit in the. Like New York city or. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did get an internship for like a human, humanitarian, um, organization out in California, um, like as we were opening the restaurant. So I really had to decide like what path I wanted to go. Um, but I'm, I was really still am, but when you own your own business, it's kind of hard to give back. But when I graduated college, I was like really pushing for, um, to work in like for-profit businesses that also give back. So kind of like Tom's shoes. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I always thought that I was going to be like in management in a big city. Hmm. Now I'm here in Syracuse (laughs) still. No, I'm just kidding. I think it's different when you grow up in Syracuse. Yeah. Like you forget, like I live in a suburb now, right? but like Syracuse has so much to offer. Yeah, for sure. It's just, yeah. What high school do you go to? Ludden, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I always think you're so much older than you are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm 29. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm about to be 30. I feel like it's. um, I don't know why mentally turning 30 is really hard, because Mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. But I'm like, I guess I thought I would have so much more at 30. But I'm like, wait, I do have a lot. Yeah. But life just is crazy being like yeah. a business owner and a single mom and For sure. all that bullshit. Yeah. Trying to see the forest through the trees. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, 29 was harder than 30 because I was thinking about 30. And yeah. So 25 yeah. was really rough. 25 yeah. was really rough for me. I was like, holy fuck, I'm 25 years old. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, um, and then, like I said, 29 leading up to 30 was really rough. 
Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, Oh my God, my thirties are coming. Like what the fuck have I done with my life? Right. You right. Know? I think I was pregnant when I was 25. Really? I, d- I had just, yeah. Or like a couple months after I turned okay. 25, I was pregnant. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, 25 was yeah. a hard year. Was hard year. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah, but I just think I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, man, I feel like you can't have fun anymore when you're 30, but you did, <laughs> but like, obviously you can, I know a million people that are 30 and 40 and 50 and they all have fun all the time. Yeah. It's just right. in my own head. I'm here to say that you can't, um, that you're <laughs> fucked. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I'm like, even if I go out, like, where did we just go? Oh, me and like my family, we got a bus to the bills game nice. and which was awesome. Yeah. But I'm like, I was out for like a whole day after drinking. Yeah. I'm like, I can't hang anymore. Yeah, for sure. It's. Yeah. That kind of stuff definitely gets harder as you get older without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, uh, I forget what Russell Crowe has that famous actor has some like brilliant tip for it. I forget what it is. It's, but it's, uh, it's essentially tequila and water. You just walk around drinking like a 20 ounce bottle. that has like three shots of tequila and the rest is water all day. Interesting. You stay hydrated while you're getting hammered. Um, yeah. And then See, the next day is a bed. What? Yeah. I, that's what I've heard. That's what my cousin drinks. She like mm. literally only drinks tequila and water. Really? Yeah. Um, and she's like a professional drinker. She works at Coleman's. So I feel like <laughs> I should just take the tip, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. Where my wife will do definitely like a big glass of water in between drinks. Um, or she'll dilute her wine. Like half of the glass is water. Half of it's wine. Really? Yeah. I feel like. And she'll pound like three or four bottles. No, I'm just kidding. But she'll drink, you know, but she, if she has a bottle, if we're like hanging, yeah. with, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't drink enough water anyways because I, I just drink coffee. Yeah. I drink like 12 cups of coffee a day. Wow. Yeah. My doctor was like, please stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> but um, so I can't even drink water while I'm. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it does. Um, you definitely, I don't know, being 30. Um, I don't know if thirties are so much different if it is, if it's just like life in general. Cause you know, 31, I was like in a relationship with my wife. We were already talking about getting married when I was, you know, when we first started dating basically. Oh, okay. You know, and Wait, then how old are you? I'm 35. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't turn 35. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. So that's one thing I was talking about with Abigail last night is just like getting older and, um, you know, when I'm, when you're younger, you, when I was younger, I kind of looked at everything as like, I can do it all. Like I can, right. I can have everything I want. And mm-hmm. then becoming older, you realize that you've, it's really about like just choosing that path. Yeah. You know, for sure. And, um, and you were kind of like, there was a sense of regret for, okay, I could have moved to California yeah, and had that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's possible to still do those things, but when you get older, you kind of don't want to jump around anymore. Yeah. You, know, you kind of want to have a little bit of that stability. Yeah, stability for sure. Yeah. I think that, um, in the first couple of years when we opened the restaurant, excuse me, I was like, I should have just fucking went to California cause yeah. it was really hard. Um, but then I had Elijah yeah. and so I was like, this was meant to happen and I yeah. don't really ever feel like I have those regrets anymore, but I do sometimes I'm like, 
there, I have to like remind myself that there's still like possibilities. Yeah. It's weird. Right. It's yeah. like a whole weird thing, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, listen, my brother who's in his late thirties married, both him and his wife have demanding jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have three kids that are like under the age of three. That's crazy. And I was on the phone with him the other day and he was like, if you had told me 10 years ago that this is what life would be like, I would yeah. never would have done this. I know. <laughs> you know, what's the worst is like the Facebook memories or like the Instagram memories. <laughs> it's like four years ago, you were hammered at uh, noon on a Sunday because you didn't have any responsibilities. Yeah. And now you're potty training your right. brat three-year-old. <laughs> like, okay, great. Thank you, Facebook. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's funny. So do you, I mean, you know, uh, well, you can't regret it. I mean, because I mean, not only is the brasserie really successful. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you've arrived officially. Let me be the first to say the brasserie has made it. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're, you know, opened up a second one. Yeah. And you have opened up a second one. And, yeah. You know, now you're doing another one. So, yeah. I think that it's just really hard. Um, but plus, it's everybody likes to complain about their job, but I don't yeah. like regret, regret it for a second. Yeah. I love what I do, I yeah. love being in the restaurant business. Um, and I really love business mm-hmm. and like being creative. So, I don't regret it at all. I just think sometimes it's just really hard. And because I started young, like what you said, like when you're younger, you think you can do it all. Where now as I get older, I'm like, I don't like, even if I could, which I can't do it all, but even if I could, I don't want to. Like, Mm -hmm. so I have, I'm like better delegating things, which I think is now allowing me to open a second place. Mm-hmm. Um, although going from being the person that does everything and doesn't ask for help yeah. to delegating, mm-hmm. that shift has been really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Not hard like emotionally to like let go of the reins of or whatever because yeah. some of the stuff I'm like, just fucking take it. Right. But figuring out like how to come into this new role where before it was kind of just like me and then employees Yeah. where now it's like, I have, I need to like build the business up so that we can function properly. It's harder. Um, but I, I am still youngish. So like, this is, that's the goal. Like I'm on the path to where I want to go. Like, I don't think that this next place will be the last place that I open. So, what is that goal? Is it to have a um, Roche restaurant group? Yeah. 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 I think I go back and forth a lot um, about like my vision because I think when I first started, I wanted to kind of um, turn the brasserie into a brand that had like several locations. Mm-hmm. Like um, I'm trying to think like, Bull and Bear, I guess, has yeah. a couple of... Tully's has a lot. I don't yeah. know if I would ever want to do that. But now I really like the thought of having, like, different concepts. And then mm. also, like, partnering with, like, other local entrepreneurs yeah. to bring new things to Syracuse. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's probably where we're going to go is that we do different concepts. Yeah. And instead of having, like, ten brasseries, I have, like, five 
different things. That's cool. Um, yeah, and I eventually want to get um, to a point where we're profitable enough to um, start to like actually really be philanthropic mm-hmm. and give back to the community. Um, it's really, I mean, before the pandemic, we were very close to being able to like do stuff like that. But, um, obviously the past almost two years has set us way back. Um, wasn't really that bad. And I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes, no. Um, so, but I think like just to be in a place where my employees are receiving the appropriate compensation and the appropriate benefits. And then we're able to like make an impact in the community is the reason that I got into business. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think, I think that without your community, your business doesn't survive. So you have to take care of your community. Yeah. Like you can't just take and take and take and put it in your pocket. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, that sounds, it's it's a lot like, um, I was just talking to somebody who interviewed at Oh My Darling, and they interviewed with Ryan and uh, Ben's, you know, who, him and Leanne are the owners of that and Luna Loca. And, oh yeah, I forget about that. You know, they were, the person was saying that Ryan was talking about the growth and the restaurants and the things that they want to do. Yeah. But in light of, expanding and growing the community in the city of Syracuse and not just saying, Oh, we want to have another, Oh, my darling in Fayetteville or whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, but just talking about like how their business is going to positively impact the city. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting to hear. Um, you know, you do see, I mean, you know, the, the Syracuse and the surrounding areas are changing quite a bit. And, um, you know, not only just with, better, smarter businesses, um, restaurants, you know, really specific, like I can't say enough great things about three lives. I've never seen a restaurant in our area, especially that, um, has been better branded across every single platform. Like, like every single thing that they do is in line with their brand. Um, and, uh, and so they're doing a really great job, you know, Kyle is opening up so many new restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing something new. Um, I always forget there's somebody else. I was blank on this. Who's opening up multiple new restaurants. You know, yeah. just people are doing cool stuff. And um, you, know, you had the first ghost kitchen in Syracuse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's just things that are really evolving in the city that uh, are really cool to see. Like I've drive around downtown and I'm like, I see the way some, it sounds, you know, really superficial, but I see the way some people are dressed that are walking around. I'm like, what's somebody like that doing living here? Like, yeah, I don't think people like that came here. Right. You know? Yeah. I definitely think Syracuse has like a lot of potential yeah. in the um, CNY does. I do feel like we're a little bit behind, but like you said, I yeah. think there's a lot of like new upcoming owners Mm -hmm. for the restaurant industry and the entertainment industry that are like ready to invest in Syracuse. And, um, I definitely think that that's really cool to see since we opened six years ago and I kind of came into the industry. Um, the changes that have been made are like crazy. Um, so 
I do think Syracuse is has a lot of potential. It's yeah. just got to get the right. We have to have people that want to continue to like yeah. make people want to come here or like university students stay here and sure. like stuff like that. So yeah, that's what um, believe in Syracuse originally started out as was a way to try and get the kid, the SU students graduating Syracuse to like stay right. and intern and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about, uh, employee benefits and wages. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Um, okay. so are you under the belief? I mean, you know, we were talking about it off podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, you all treat your staff better than most, better than I'd, I'd say 95% of the owners in Syracuse. Yeah. Um, and I talked, I know a lot of them and know, you know, but no one that I've ever met in this city. So it's not even 95%. I've never met an owner, a restaurant owner who takes better care of their staff than you do. Um, Thank you. from That's the parties nice. you do to the organization, mm-hmm. uh, of just of the business. Um, you know, I've walked in and seen people stressed when you guys are busy, but I've never seen somebody like pissed off and angry to be there, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. So, but you think, do you feel that restaurant workers should be paid more? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, uh, the front of the house, um, I think, I think the whole structure of the way that the restaurant industry is built is um, kind of crazy. Um, But I do think that the like the front of the house bartenders and servers, the tips that they make are good. Yeah. So, but at least for, me, I don't have any front of the house that works over 30 hours a week. Okay. So they're making $25, $30 an hour, but they're not, mm. they're working right. 30 hours less than. Yeah. So, but the hours are hard. I mean, it's from 4 to 11 p.m. It's not like a normal 9 to 5 job. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that for me what I do to take care of my front of the house staff is not pay them more, Mm. but make sure that we have people that are coming through the door, make sure that we're staffing properly so that they can give good service, make sure that we're turning tables, that we have events so that people want, like that's where I work diligently to take Mm. care of the front of the house so that the tips that they're receiving can support them. Yeah. Um, The back of the house, I definitely think, um, has always been underpaid. Yeah. Um, just industry wide. I think for us, the pandemic really like opened our eyes to that. Mm. Um, but the profit margin in a restaurant is just so low right. that there's really no, like, it's just really hard to meet those numbers. And I spent hours and hours and hours, like, researching living wage and yeah. here in the county and like trying to figure out all of that stuff so that I can make sure that I was taking care of them um, and sitting down with them and seeing what their needs were. Um, hmm. We're about to start offering benefits, yeah. which I think is really important um, because 
it's another way that we can take care of our employees without having to give more money per hour. Um, it's costing you more. Because it costs us, yeah. yeah, more. So, like, it's giving them more without costing... I mean, it obviously, it costs us more. Right. But um, it's just trying to find, like, what their needs are. And everybody's needs are different, so it was yeah. really hard. So, like, when we were sitting down to try and figure out what our benefits package were, and we looked at just who we had on staff, like, everybody's needs are different. Yeah. So how am I supposed to provide for somebody who has... a son and a wife who has the benefits and their son's out of college and then somebody who has a two-year-old and their wife doesn't work like right. you know what I mean so it's yeah. it's so crazy to try and um provide benefits that are inclusive of everyone yeah, sure. but the fact that Nora and I sat down for hours and hours and hours and tried to figure it out, I feel like is a good step, yeah. um, you know, in the right direction for how we want to continue to grow our business and run our business. How'd uh, the staff respond to the benefits? Um, our meetings next week okay. to go over what we have to offer them. Um, I mean, I hope that it's positive. I don't, I think that it will be. Yeah. Um, but I, you never know what somebody's going to take, yeah. I guess, out of the benefits. But I think, I hope that everybody takes advantage of what we have to offer. But I do think it'll be really helpful to recruit new talent as yeah. well, to be able to say that, like, we're one location, we have 30 employees, but we can offer you this because it is important to us. Yeah. Um, because... I mean, like, as a business owner, right? Like, I have shitty benefits. Yeah. Like, I don't... We sell... Um, I get it. Yeah. So, hmm. I mean, we'll, hopefully we'll see. I think there's a lot more to obviously meeting your needs financially, um, and health wise, those benefits are really important, but there's a lot more to happiness and job satisfaction than just those two things, Oh, for sure. which is like also what we try to focus on Yeah. as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the benefits uh, thing is great. You know, I mean, um, I mean, you know, a lot of people talked about it, especially a few months ago. Yeah. And, you know, why is it so hard to find staff right now in restaurants? Yeah. And it still is hard. I mean, there's definitely like working with clients that are posting that they're hiring and seeing the applicants that they're getting, you know, submissions for today versus over the summer is completely different. Yeah. You know, over the summer, you might see one or two. Now right. you're you're getting like five or six or seven. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and everybody just wanted to blame laziness on the workers and, you know, the unemployment money that everybody was, you know, they were getting and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, and I don't think that that was necessarily it. If I we, don't think so at all. I mean, yeah. we're business people. Right when you look at the bottom line, you're going to choose which is more profitable. Yeah. So if it was more profitable for people to stay at home, they were going to do that. Right. So yeah. you have to offer them something else more, right? More than, more, <laughs> yeah. than, more than the government. Yeah. So, and I do think that a lot of people left the industry Yeah. because it's very grueling. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I hope that, 
people, business people's minds, restaurant oh, owners' yeah. minds have changed. Um, yeah. But it's hard to get people to change their mind. I yeah, think. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, I was talking to somebody who works for a local restaurant and um, they're just doing like part time, like seasonal work. And they said, um, I said, well, when you're done with the seasonal stuff, I need somebody part time. So let me know. And they said, yeah, they said, you know, the only thing is they're paying me really well. I was like, oh, really? What are they paying you? It was like thirteen fifty an hour. And I was like, ooh, I was like, that's really, well. I was like, that's really well. I was like, that's awful. Like, oh my God. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, how are you surviving? Yeah. Um, I mean, if I broke down what I pay myself now doing this full time uh, versus the amount of hours I put in, I'd probably make about $5 an hour, but still. Literally same. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So when they said that, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I was planning on paying you way more than that. Yeah. But okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely, Central New York does have, and I'm sure it's this case, like if we go to Rochester or Buffalo, like they definitely have more innovative restaurants and businesses yeah. and concepts that work out there. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there's still just as many old schools stuck in the mud, yeah. you know, owners out there. But yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of stuff out here that's still just so far behind. Yeah. And that I mindset think so. is one of them. What? That mindset is one of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, um, my, boyfriend's brother actually works in the industry in Rochester hmm. and he's like every time I come home it's like we're two years yeah behind Rochester and it's an hour right. away um and Rochester is five years behind New York City right? yeah, yeah yeah so I, I do think it's the size of the city but I do yeah. think it's the mindset of sure. I mean I remember when we started charging the credit card fee or whatever yeah people like flipped out they totally like never they couldn't grasp the concept mm. um, of it, which I understand both perspectives, but at the end of the day, it allowed me to take better care of my employees and give raises. So I don't regret it. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's like, th like ideas like that, that this is the way it's always been done. Yeah. That is very popular yeah. in this area. I just met with, I had breakfast with Bud and the, yeah. so this owner this morning and, and, you know, Bud was talking to him about all the stuff that Bud does. And one of the things was credit card processing. And yeah. Bud pulled out the list of like, you know, a hundred restaurants that are now charging the credit card fee. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just become, you know, a normal thing nowadays. Yeah. I, um, we, we just brought on a couple new people, um, for the front of the house and they expressed their, um, discomfort with charging that charging that yeah. yeah i get it um and then we were thinking back to when we first started doing it that we had to print out a list yeah because guests were like nobody's doing that right. and we had to be like here's the list of the other restaurants <laughs> and there was like 20 on there yeah. or whatever um but yeah i think that it's just even like I think for on average for us, it's like a dollar fifteen per check or something. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's yeah low. Yeah, for sure. Um, but just to change that mindset for people, yeah, took like way longer than it sh should have. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, 
know. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, the cost of everything is going up, and going out to eat now is more expensive than yeah. it, you know, has ever been. And um, so I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I've been talking about the recession that's going to hit for the last 10 years, and uh, I've been wrong. Um, <laughs> so... But uh, I still have hope uh, that something's going to happen. But I think it'll be interesting to see what does happen, especially after the holidays. Um, yeah. You know, it's going into like the dark stages of a, owning a restaurant. Um, yeah. You know, the slow time. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. So uh, what do you think is going to be uh, new and exciting in the restaurant industry in Syracuse? What, besides my new place? Besides your new place, <laughs> which I don't think you want to talk about, right? Just that there is a new no. place coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, the concept isn't finalized yet. Yeah. Um, just because the building is fucking so old that <laughs> we're like in the middle of demo right now. Um, the interior and like every day I get a text that's like, oh, there's some like new thing that I have to like decide on. So um but I don't really know. I mean, I think. What would you want to see different? In the restaurant industry in Syracuse? Yeah, like if you could snap your, let's even just say today, if you could snap your fingers and change one thing industry-wide in Syracuse inside local restaurants, what, do you th- what would you want to see differently? Oh, oh my God, that's kind of hard. I can tell you what my one thing was. Oh be. yeah, what's your one thing? Letter grades on the windows of their health inspection. Interesting. I would. That's one thing I desperately want to see. Huh. You know, like New York City. And yeah. Los Angeles does that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Did you say that because the health and no, the health I did not say was that. just yeah. at my restaurant as I was leaving. No, but there's um, so many. You know, like yeah, we've talked a lot. Like I won't drink tap beer out at most places unless I know that they have their lines cleaned. And I was. Oh just, my God! Interesting. Wait. Do not a lot of places clean their lines? No, they don't. At all? Not at all. Oh, my God. Yeah. We get ours twice a month, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Once a month. Yeah, usually it's like once a month. Yeah. There's a great company, um, Draft something... New York, I don't fucking know. I, we use Draft Cleaning of yes, CNY. that's it. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's great. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Maybe. Yeah, oh, my God, how great. do I not remember his name? Um... If I don't know that or see like their placard or something, I won't get a draft beer. Because um, huh. you can get fucking sick from that stuff. But I was just talking to somebody yeah. and they were saying, I agree with you. They're, this is what they said. They said, I agree with you on that, but I won't get a soda because they never drink, they, like whoever cleans their soda lines. Um, and you never would think to, right? Like your oh. draft Coke. Yeah. Um, and so as I've asked a couple owners since then. They were like, no, our like brown carbonic. They're like, they'll do it if we ask them to. Yeah. They'll that's come who out we and have. do it. Um, but it's not like draft lines where it's like once a month it gets done. Yeah. And. Um, oh my God. Interesting. And so. Anyway, I'm going to go clean mine. Yeah. Uh, but I know of a, listen, I know of a restaurant in town who had their health inspection was so bad that they were told to shut down and they were still open that night serving dinner. So I know this because they're a client. Oh my God. And well, so that's why I would love to see the letter grade. You know, yeah. Posting. Interesting. Yeah. I forget that they do that in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I definitely, yeah. It only stands to really benefit the places. Like, I've been in so many kitchens and restaurants, and, you know, a lot of them are dirty. There's yeah. a few of them that are really clean. Yours, um... Ours is, ours is small. Yeah. I, so, I feel like our storage, we have a lot of storage in there, but yeah. it's clean. Like, yeah. they clean it. Most small places are the worst that I see. The brasserie is extremely clean. Yeah. You know, most places I'm like, you could, you know, slide across the floor. Oh, and God. not the case of the brasserie. Yeah. Um, the fish fryer has always been really clean. Kasai has yeah. always been really clean. Yeah. You know. But, uh, yeah, a lot of them are just filthy. Um. Oh, my God. Interesting. I never thought about that. I know. I, I, I feel like I don't go out a lot. I'm, like, boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just went to the cider mill, though, last week. It was so good. Oh, I haven't yeah. been there in a while. Yeah. It was good. I got the pork uh, pork chop. Um. Yeah, I don't think I have. I guess I would like to see. I know what I have now, I'm saying, yeah. is um, like taking advantage of the winter months mm. better. Okay. Like, I feel like I've lived in um, Syracuse for 29 years. Yeah. And like between January and March, right. people are like shut down. Yeah. And I think that. Like, in other places of the world, they, like, throw their two-year-old, like, in the snow to, like, get <laughs> used to it. Like, I feel like we could take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, I, like, you know what I mean? Where else? Do, where do they throw two-year-olds in the snow? I swear to God, in, like, Finland. And, oh, okay. like, yeah. That they're, like, like somewhere. Um, I That's remember weird. seeing this, this, of course, I'm sure it's on Facebook, so it was probably false, but I like, I feel like, like when I lived in London for a while, I lived there yeah. during the cold months and they like, don't shut down. People just adjust. Yeah. And like, even in New York and stuff like that, I feel like, um, we need to kind of, um, take advantage of those months because like, yes, of course it's cold out, whatever. Yeah. But we've been dealing with it for our whole lives, so yeah. I don't know how we would do it, but like some creative, right? Thinking. I remember Rise and Shine. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did that like really nice outdoor yeah. patio, like that was really cool. So like kind yeah. of more stuff like that. Yeah. Um, there would be. There's a ton of outdoor things I wish existed in Syracuse that yeah. exist in warmer climates. You know, yeah. not like LA, like Cincinnati. Yeah. You know that still gets extremely cold in the wintertime. Yeah. They just don't have 100 inches of snow. Yeah. But just like outdoor food courts or, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. I wish that we took better advantage of. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be cool. You know, like yeah. thinking of things that happen and I know like we're going to go to the CNY Beer Fest coming up at the fairgrounds in February. Yeah. You know, that's that's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, there really isn't anything that happens. Yeah. You know what? Well, it, so I was just talking to Jeff Rogers because I'm doing Bald and Soul Dining Weeks again this year. And we're actually... Oh, my God. Am I going to do that this year for Camillus? Did we do it last year or did it get we did canceled? Do, no, we did it last year. Oh. Well, I better we talk should, to the yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, anyway, sorry. No, we're planning theirs now. We're actually doing it early. We're doing it in January, mm. the three weeks before uh, leading up to Valentine's Day. Because oh. our thought was Valentine's Day weekend is going to be crushed. Yeah. And January slow. Yeah. And a shit ton of people go out for dining weeks. That's a good idea. So let's start it earlier this year to like 
it gives restaurants like maybe a week and a half of yeah you know Additional. dead time yeah uh, before they would be leading up to dining weeks. I think at Baldwinsville, the restaurants are very. The businesses are really involved, which is cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Camillus is a little different. They're all in a text group, he was telling me. And if one of them has like a health inspector show up, they text the whole group and say, hey, they're here right now. I think that's how Tip Hill used to be when my dad was there. Oh, really? Yeah. You like take care of your neighbors. I really like that. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it should be that way. Um, Yeah. We're going to start, you know, we have the email group now for the restaurant owners that are on the Eat Local card. And I'm going to start, we've still, we've just been sending out like some mass messages to them, but we're going to start, um, promoting like the bit other restaurants to the group. So, oh, cool. like, I think we're going to start with breweries and just say, Hey, if you're looking yeah. for local beer, here's the breweries that are on the card. Yeah. You know? Consider them next time. That's cool. Here's the bakeries. Here's the coffee yeah, shops. You know, that's awesome. Um, and just doing that to kind of like help them all support. And now we've got people around the state, so it's kind of cool for them to see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I do. I, I want to amend my answer to the letter thing. Okay. If I could change one thing about the restaurant industry, it would be, uh, maybe it's not like uh, I wish that not as many of them relied on social media. The more that I'm like, did you, did you see the article that came out about that, um, cosmetic company lush over black Friday, cyber Monday? Oh, didn't. Okay. Wait, they like turned off all their social media they or deleted something. all their accounts. Why did they do that? Because of their conviction over what Facebook does to, oh. you know, spreading oh. misinformation and oh. stealing people's, you know, oh, stuff. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, and I wish more companies would do. I, w- I wish that I had a creative, cost-effective way for restaurants to advertise outside of social media. And unfortunately, yeah. nothing exists. No. Because the, the print, the radio, the TV, the billboards, they're, they don't work as well. Yeah. And they're extremely overpriced. Yeah. But... Um, like, I don't even... I think about myself... I don't ever listen to the radio because I listen to Spotify. Yeah. I watch like Hulu and right. Sling TV. And so probably, I don't ever see commercials. You probably pay for the no commercials on them, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the billboards, those are just outrageously expensive. Yeah. I feel like social media is the most cost effective yeah. thing, but it's so saturated that I'm like, right. you have to just saturate it even more. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, they've done study, like they've been searching this stuff out. And like one of the things was the top 20 Christian Facebook pages in the world of those 20, 19 of them are run by Eastern European troll farms. What? Oh my God. So the top 20 most popular, most engaging, most likes. You know, all that kind of stuff. The top 20 most popular Facebook pages on Facebook, 19 of them are run by Eastern European troll farms. Meaning they're just using it to spread Spread. misinformation. Oh, my God. There were troll farms during, especially during the the height of, like, the George Floyd protest and Black Lives Matter stuff, that a troll farm would start a right-winged facebook group in minneapolis 
and then also start a left wing Facebook group in Minneapolis. That's crazy. And what they would do is they would like post all this crazy stuff and get all these followers and get all this engagement. And then they would schedule a meetup for either group that they would meet across the street from one another. Shut the fuck up, really? Or what they would do is another tag, another thing they would do is they would pr- post all this pro Trump stuff, like the crazy, ridiculous yeah. things. Yeah. And then they would build this mass following and then shift to change the name of the group and change what they posted for, to like Black Lives Matter positive stuff. Or they would do it the opposite way. They would build this massive Black Lives Matter Facebook group and then build this huge following and then change it to a pro-Trump group. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's just so much. And not only that, but then, like, you think of... There's just, so much wrong with social media. Yeah. I mean, just think of, like, the way that it affects... I don't know if you're like me, but, like, I'll get on there. I find myself for... My average screen time on my phone is eight hours a day. Mine's, like, four, I think. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure a third of that is me just scrolling. Yeah. Not doing anything work related. Yeah. It's not I think, healthy. No, it's not. I think um like from a personal standpoint, I feel like it's very not healthy yeah. when you like compare yourself to other things or like For different sure. expectations or stuff like that. Yeah. Um but I do I think it's crazy because it's now like embedded into people's minds on how they like decide things or like receive their information or it's just so crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just scroll endlessly sometimes too, like, because I'm trying to figure out TikTok because I'm old. Um, I'll like scroll. Have you ever got the thing where it's like, you've been scrolling for, it's like the guy and he's like, and I'm just like, shut up. (laughs) Like go look by it. But I'm like, Oh my God, I've literally been on here for like two hours. Like, what am I doing with my life? In China, if you are a registered user under a certain age, every like three videos that you scroll on TikTok or whatever platform, they you have to sit through a 60-second educational video. Interesting. So if you're scrolling past like, you know, babes and, you know, dances yeah. and all that stuff, you will then have to sit through, I think it's 60 seconds, something that's like you know, math for fun or engineering or whatever, you know, I did notice that with my sons because I've been not feeling great. He's the TV has been on. I'm like, just (laughs) fucking watch this. (laughs) And like, it'll be like Mickey mouse. It'll be like stretch break. And they like make them get up. And like my son's over there. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Interesting. I kind of think that that's cool though for the TikTok. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know what to do about any of those things. Um, I know. Uh, what can you do? I yeah. mean, I think that we try to take um, like in-house advertising yeah. and education. Like I think for customers is what we try to like to take advantage of and make sure our staff is like educated on what's going yeah. on. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I feel like social media is just – yeah. Infiltrated business in ways oh, that for sure. yeah. you don't even, you can't even figure out. I was talking to a friend yesterday who she works for a marketing agency, like a national one, mm-hmm. and they've never done Facebook ads. And so I did like a Zoom meeting with her yesterday because they do, they work with a couple 
big, like hundred plus chain businesses that now want to start doing Facebook ads. And, um, so they were asking for like help on how to do it and all that kind of stuff. And she was, she was telling me like, yeah, you know, each of the hundred locations has a budget of like $50 a month for these ads. And I was like, Ooh, it's like, that's not enough. Yeah. You can't do anything with $50 a month. Yeah. Like you can waste $50, but (laughs) you can't get results with that, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is interesting. I mean, I've been doing this for about six years now and how so much has changed in the local restaurant scene in terms of social. (coughs) I mean, (coughs) when I started, I didn't, you know, nobody was running ads in the area Mm -hmm. and you know, now so many people are running ads in the area, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we had popularity with our emails Yeah, like a couple of years ago, but now people don't care about those anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just tough. Yeah. The market is just, I think it's crazy too, because now with the popularity of social media and the pandemic, I yeah. think a lot of people have started like, at least in my like circles right. started like at home businesses yes. that they do a lot of them um which like good for you that's cool but like that's all that's like a lot of what my feed is is that yeah. like moms who like mm. make earrings, earrings. Or, <laughs> or something I've seen a lot of earring companies yes yeah. yes um which is cool cuz i buy a lot of earrings so like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh but so i think that as like almost like a brick and mortar yeah. shop, I guess. Right. To compete with for sure. People whose complete full brand is online and they yeah. dedicate like all of their time to like making reels and making TikToks and content. Right. You can't compete with that. Not at all. It reminds you have to like serve people in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And like 2007, I went to school for sound engineering and it was right when, um, digital recording was really getting big. So like, you know, you could record a band on your computer oh my God. Okay. up until then you couldn't do that. You had to, if you were a local band, you had to go rent space out of a local recording studio It would cost you maybe three, four grand to go in there and do like a... Wait, really? Yeah, to go in there and like record a four or five song EP. 2007 doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was literally like 15 years ago. Right, yeah. Okay, so... I know, I'm old. Uh, But but when I was in school, we were learning the digital side of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the big things were these sound engineers that were working at a local studio were now competing with people who had just set up a recording studio in their garage yeah, and who were charging like 300 bucks for that same EP. Right. That's kind of how I feel, especially during the pandemic with how many people were doing like home baking and the charcuterie boards and the fucking hot cocoa bombs and all that is they had such an unfair advantage because they had, they were illegal and they had no overhead. I know you some, know. I see some people post that they like cook for people out of their home Yeah, and I'm like, that's not legal. No, it's not. Like you cannot sell that. <laughs> right. But okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a few um, places that still do it. that do drops offs at local restaurants. So. What? Yeah. I won't say the name, but there's a place cause I bought bread from them, but uh, there's a place where 
uh, they bake really amazing sourdough bread. Uh-huh. And then you pre-order it on like a Monday and then they deliver on a Wednesday to the spot, to the restaurant and you show up and pick it up. But it's oh super, uh, you know, illegal. So. Yeah, you can't do that. No, can't. I mean, you can, but... You, you can't. Can. I mean, yeah. like, obviously. And then sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish, like, please, I want to, like, you take advantage of, right. like, these, yeah. like, people that cook food. I'm like, yeah. I want you to prep all my food for right. me at my house. But I'm like, no, I, like, that's, yeah. you can't do that. No. Like, do you, like, because I know this side of it. Yeah. I'm like, how do you sanitize your... Like right kitchen if you have kids you yeah. don't like i yeah. don't know yeah imagine um, if you could send a cook home with a bag of onions and say come back tomorrow yeah this, this is your homework please <laughs> cut this out and bring it back that'd be uh, amazing yeah. yeah um huh yeah i feel like it's it's the social media the just the whole yeah trying to differentiate yourself unfortunately it's nothing's going to change with that it's, no. we're going to get more immersed in it Mm-hmm. I mean, as VR becomes more popular and higher quality and more accessible. Oh, my God. Someone just said that to me the other day. Yeah. She was like, pretty soon. What did she say? She's like, pretty soon we'll be sitting at home drinking a beer at the brasserie with our goggles on. Oh, for sure. Or something. And I was like, I what? You could do that. I mean, listen, we could do that today if, you know. That's but, crazy to me. Yeah. I don't feel like that. Like, yes, sometimes I would prefer to stay in my pajamas, but like sort of socialize. Yeah. But like, I don't feel like you're ever going to be. It's going to get there. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, don't you want to go sit at a bar? Maybe it's different though, because I'm a bar person. Like I grew up like at like four years old, I was like in the Nibsy's kitchen while my dad cooked. Like I'm a bar baby. Yeah. So... I don't ever want to not go to bars. Right. But maybe. I mean, look at all those like Zoom meeting, you know, yeah. pick up this meal kit and bring it home. Um, oh, yeah. Things that happened during COVID, yeah. which those were a great idea. That was a great concept. Yeah. But I mean, listen, right now you could go pick up the um, Ray-Bans Facebook glasses, wear those, and it records in 15 second increments but it records videos of just on your eyes, whatever you're seeing. And, um, Oh my God. Ew, I hate that. They're like 300 bucks. And you could go and record, you know, different clips like that and, you know, stream together and then upload them. And people who have the VR goggles, which a lot of fucking people have them could experience that in VR. Like what you did. Yeah. So like I could go, (coughs) cook on the line yes and then somebody could pretend that they were doing what i was doing yes for sure oh my god that's so weird yeah a plot of land in the metaverse in the virtual reality does not exist metaverse Uh just sold for like two million dollars that's so weird it's, I don't get yeah. it. I Neither don't, do I. I, that's see, this is when I start to freak out that I'm old. Right. Because I'm like, I don't, <laughs> the, the words not. that you just said, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> like the metaverse. What is that? Don't know. Yeah. It's basically like, I virtual can't reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Interesting. Yeah. To have $2 million to just buy like fake land. I don't get it. Yeah. It's nuts. People are buying a lot right now for investments. You know, oh, because they like see in the long term yeah. that it's going to be worth something. I can see NFTs coming, like becoming really big in in our area, um, like soon. You know, 
Somebody, what does that mean? An NFT is a non-fungible token. So basically, oh yeah, you yeah. know, it's not a real money. Digit, well, it's an NFT is a digital image of something that you purchase, and it's like it's encrypted in the blockchain. So you know that you are the whoever has it is the so, owner. Gotcha. But that's kind of how money is, anyways. It's just like numbers that go to different bank accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but an NFT is more, most of them carry with them physical things. So like, for example, like Gary Vaynerchuk sold a shit ton of NFTs. And if you bought this NFT from him, then whoever the owner is of it, whoever owns that NFT, um, gets to attend some big conference that he throws once a year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so you have this digital asset that could appreciate in value and it's like an investment, but then you can also redeem it for physical worldly things. So do you think like it's going to get to the point where businesses have their own NFTs? I think so. Like I've been thinking about doing it for eat local New York and it would be probably a year or two away, but um, before like people around here got it, but where I, we would create NFTs and sell them and whoever has that would get access to some like, rager that we would throw interesting or get to come to like you know a podcast show that we do once you see whatever interesting um whoever owns it gets a free eat local card and a private dinner you know yeah stuff like that but they could sell it they could sell it Hmm. there is a guy there's a very like the i forget his name but he's like the most popular nft artist and um his nft I i think it sold for like 100 million Interesting, um, but in the details of it, whoever owns it and sells it, the artist gets like twenty percent of that transaction forever. Oh, so he sold the NFT for like a hundred million to you. If you sell it for two hundred million, he gets twenty percent of your profits. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, as the artist, yeah. Um. But, you know, so there could be some cool, I think, you know, eventually it's going to be oversaturated and it's going to be local places are going to be trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, People like me are going to be like, I don't even know what NFT stands for, but Brasserie's got it. I mean, I would have thought voice would be a big deal for local restaurants to like invest in some sort of a voice application. So somebody could say on their Alexa at their home, hey, order chicken riggies from the Brasserie. I'll pick it up in 30 minutes. Oh. And it would just go through and place the order and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I won't say voice is dead, but it's definitely too saturated and never really picked up. It might like be really popular in a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I feel. I don't ever use that. I don't have an Alexa though. Okay. Like at my house, well, like I have even Siri. Your iPhone. Yeah, you could do it with that too. But I usually see. I see. I'm old. You're making me feel old <laughs> because I don't use it for anything. Then set a timer for timeout for Elijah for three minutes. That's what I do. <laughs> like when it goes off, you can talk to me again. I do it with my car a lot with Apple CarPlay. Call oh, and text I guess I do that too. That yeah, kind of I do. Yeah. I text people. Yeah, for that though. Right, but they don't ever understand what I'm saying. Really? Yeah, I must not mm. be clear. Yeah. I don't. When I talk though, sometimes I like don't finish my thoughts. Yeah. Like I start, <laughs> <laughs> I start talking, and um, just don't know where I, where I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I'm very. There's Michael definitely Scott. A, yeah. There's a few times I'll be doing voice to text in the car and I'll be like saying something like, ah, just fuck, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they put that in the text and 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this podcast didn't go any way that I thought it was going to go. I know. Um, which I'm fine with. I had a great time. Thank you for yeah. coming down. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> We All talked right. about restaurants for a second. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I had a great time. I thought yeah. it was a fun conversation. Yeah, I wish I was not as stuffy. I would have had some bourbon, which probably would have helped me, though. Yeah, I know. I've got some Q's juice if you want to try that before you leave. I actually might because I never had it before. I haven't isn't it like it. you haven't opened I've it? I've never opened it. Um, no. Isn't it like the last, like they don't make it anymore? No, they don't. Oh, yeah. They make, no, it's the same thing, but a different name, mm. different label. I should do like a big video where I open it. That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Chug it. Yeah. That'd be, no, I'm not going to do that. But, uh, I think we should chug it and then record another <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, well, Michelle, thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much again for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. Again, my guest today was Michelle Roche from the Brasserie Bar and Bistro. She owns Mad Burger. Uh, working on other restaurants. She's, you know, doing her thing. And uh, get out to the Brasserie Bar and Bistro and support her because, well, you know, it's a cool restaurant. And uh, she's a cool lady. All right. Well, thanks for checking out the podcast. As always, make sure you're subscribed so that way you're up to date uh, the moment we release a new episode. And don't forget to leave us a review and let us know what you think of the Local New York podcast. You can also find us online at eatlocalnewyork.com. We're going to check out our blogs, get a local New York card. And uh, you can also watch all of these podcasts by heading over to our YouTube channel and searching Eat Local New York. Well, thank you so much again. We're going to catch you next week right here on the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.